when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. How are you all doing? We are now in December. Can you believe it? <laughs> Last month of 2020. And uh, I'll be doing some podcasts here on how to uh, gear up for 2021 uh, as we get later into the month. But right now we're going to be talking about uh, this concept of overwhelm. Before we get there, uh, I want to give a shout out to Tyler Rager. Thank you for your review of the podcast. Tyler says, thanks for all your awesome direct input just used in my trial during COVID. Purchase the book as well. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Tyler. I will do so. And uh, speaking of COVID trials, we've had three recent from hostage to hero influenced wins. Of course, uh, they used other things. I don't ever want to take total... Um, what's the word, uh, credit for for those wins, but they all used some aspect of the From Hostage to Hero method. And we have a, a webinar with all three trial attorneys that have recently won big verdicts in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group. That's where they are housed. So if you are not a part of that group, you want to make sure that you get on to that group so you can go and watch those. We also have webinars back from April when we, this whole thing started with the uh, Rick Friedman and Randy McGinn and Dorothy Clay Sims and David Ball. So if you want to go see what's happening over there, I, I do at least a training once a month uh, of some kind, a webinar, a training, a QA. Um, a, a Q &A. So you want to make sure you get over into that group. It's absolutely free. So yay for COVID wins. And, and I also have been saying at the beginning of all of those webinars that uh, you don't have to win trial to be able to come on and talk to us about trial. Meaning I don't want to glorify uh, what I think is already way too glorified, um, the process of winning. Is it great when we win? Yeah. Are we going to celebrate the fuck out of that? Absolutely. But we also want to celebrate those of you who are going to trial and not winning. Because as you've heard from me before, I am all about the fight, not the win. The win is what the jury gets to decide. And we have influence over that. Of course, that's what From Hostage to Hero is all about. But we do not have ultimate control over that. And so we're going to celebrate any of you that are going to trial. And if any of you have gone to trial and it has not resulted in a quote unquote win, we'd also like to hear from you because all of the trial work that you are doing right now is going to help us learn. And I also want to change the, the um, culture in trial law that we only celebrate wins. I want to celebrate going to trial, period. That's what I want to celebrate. So do reach out if you want to share your recent win or loss and how From Hostage to Hero may have assisted you. 
All right. So today we're talking about overwhelm. December is quite a month for overwhelm. And it may be, I don't know, less or more so during this COVID era where maybe we're not doing as much as we used to, or or maybe we're doing more to compensate, depending on where you are. But what I want to talk about in specifics today is the one aspect that causes overwhelm, and that is not being at choice. So so let's talk about the importance of choice first to start out with. If you've been following my work, you know that I talk a lot about the brain science of jurors and where their brains are when they start the voir dire process. And so we use the SCARF model developed by David Rock. He's a neurologist. He wrote um, Your Brain at Work. I believe he's a neurologist. Double check that for me. But anyways, it's a book on neurology, so I'm making an assumption there. I've read the book so many times, I'm now doubting myself. But uh, the SCARF model is a model that says we either reward or... Uh, threaten the brain based on these five factors. And the five factors are status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. Now, we ding jurors on all five of those. And you can go to previous podcast episodes to listen why that is, particularly the first five or six podcasts of this whole series goes into that into de- in depth. But the one that's particularly um, difficult for jurors, and I would say one of the ones that is probably one of the biggest ones for humans in general, is autonomy. Now, autonomy is our ability to make choices and freely move around in our lives without restriction. And so, of course, we absolutely threaten a juror's brain when autonomy is concerned because they don't have a choice. They can't choose to not be there. And if we're thinking now in the COVID era, man, we used to talk about, or I used to talk about jurors being hostages, you know, psychologically or physiologically, but now we're actually physically taking them hostage in terms of their physicalness is now, um, threatened, right? They could get a life-threatening disease just by coming to jury selection. So man, have we ever upped the 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 odds that we have to play here <laughs> or against, I should say, as trial attorneys. We really are up against it now in the COVID area, uh, particularly when it comes to this whole concept of jurors as hostages. So what does choice do when it comes to autonomy? Well, choice is is the antidote to a lack of autonomy, right? When we have choice, we feel better. So when we have choice, the brain views that as now as a reward when we can choose and be free and make choices. Now, too many choices, that's also a problem and that can cause overwhelm. But in general, and today I want to talk about not being at choice. For example, in the From Hostage to Hero method, it's all about offering jurors different choices in increasing uh, importance of order. So the first choice that we offer jurors is to be present, you know, to stay, to remain, to to start to want to be there um, because of how we create safety in the first step of the From Hostage to Hero method. The next choice we offer jurors is to engage with us, the material, each other, learn what this is about. Once they're more engaged, now we offer them a choice to commit to us, to our client, to the principles in the case. And by the end of trial, we offer jurors their final and biggest choice, which is to take action. 
So those choices help jurors release themselves from the hostageness, turn this around to where they want to be there. And we know that when jurors want to be there versus being forced to be there, that is always a better outcome for the plaintiff because the hostage wants to make a decision that's best for them. How do I get out of here the quickest? And that is rarely good for the plaintiff. So that's how choice is playing out in trial. But today I want to talk a little bit about choice and what it has to do with overwhelm. So many clients come in and we do a check-in when in the beginning of our of our um, coaching. And I say, hey, what's going on? And constantly I hear, I'm so busy, I'm so overwhelmed, especially around this time of year. And so what is overwhelm? Really, when we're talking about uh, overwhelm, what is it? Well, t- the way I see it is overwhelm is where we have so much going on that our brain kind of short circuits and just kind of gives up. And we start living in this place of uh, f- uh, fight or flight, right? So we're not breathing well. We're not operating at our full capacity. We're in this survival place where we're just trying to get through. In fact, I hear that a lot from clients. I just need to get through this time. Anytime I hear I just need to get through, I know that a client is in overwhelm. And this is not a place that I want you or my clients or anyone to ever have to live in. We never have to be in a position, and this is the the big myth, where we just have to get through anything. We can always be at choice. And here's the other thing that I know that clients are in overwhelm is when they say have to. There's just so many things I have to do. I have this deposition. I have this brief I have to write. I have to manage my paralegal. I have to deal with the situation. I have all these things. Oh, I have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. And so here's what I want you to get. Overwhelm occurs when you feel you are not at choice. So often when we are feeling overwhelmed, it's because we feel we cannot choose what it is that we want to spend our time and attention on. We feel that the choice has been taken away from us and that we are being forced to have to do everything. And nothing could be further from the truth. And yet this is a trap that so many of us tend to fall in. We start to look at all the things that we are on our to-do list and we look at them and these are all have-tos, have-tos. Here's the big myth that I really want you to get. And that is that you can do it all. You can't. Most of you, if not all of you listening to this podcast, have more things on your to-do list than you have time to do, especially this week or this month or even next year, right? We will never, ever run out of things to do. That I can guarantee you. There's always things to do. So When we get into the overwhelm space, it's because we start taking on too many things and start believing that it's possible to get them all done. And we get into the survival place of I just need to get through this. I just need to work, you know, 15 hours a day and and I'll, I'll get through this list. And it just depletes us and it makes us feel shitty about our lives. So here's what I want to offer you in today's podcast episode. Three ways that you can get 
to choice, that you can now start feeling like life is under your control instead of happening to you. Because life is never happening to you. You always have control of how you want to respond to requests, to to to-do lists, (laughs) to people, to all of it. And the minute that you go to choice, that changes everything because choice is empowering. That's why we offer jurors choice in trial. Instead of keeping them passive and just um, receivers of the information and then crossing our fingers and hoping that they vote our way. No, we start from the beginning with designing with them, which I'm also going to do a podcast episode on designing with yours. I've talked about it before, but I every time I try to look for that podcast, it's not titled that. And um, it was kind of in between some other things I was going to talk about. So I'm going to do an episode that's just dedicated uh, to designing, not just with jurors, but, but relationships in general. But we would design with jurors at the very beginning to give them choice and autonomy. And we have to do the same with ourselves. So next time you feel overwhelmed, I want you to start thinking, where am I feeling I'm not at choice? Because that's going to change everything for you. And once you start to feel and understand that you are not at choice, here's how to get yourself back on track. Three things. All right. The first one is to ask yourself this question. What are the possibilities here? See, when I work with a client on overwhelm, what I tend to also see is black and white thinking. Look, all of this has to be done and there's no no other option. That's just it. There's nothing I can let go of. And that is bullshit 100% of the time. Now, when you're in it and when you're stuck and when you're feeling like you don't have choice, this is hard to see the other possibilities. So what I'm going to ask you to do here is to shake things up. And a great metaphor for that, Kevin, my husband, who um, is known as Coach K in the, in the H2H membership, uh, has a great analogy for this. And he t- calls it, you know, shaking up the snow globe. So if you think about a snow globe when it's not in movement, all the snow is at the bottom, right? And you can kind of think of this as all the snow in your bottom <laughs> as you sit there at your desk feeling overwhelmed and stuck. You're just like all the snow has just kind of gathered and is sitting at the bottom of your butt on this chair and it just all feels so impossible. So I want you to get up. I mean, literally, physically and shake things up, move, go outside, just some, sometimes standing in a different corner of your office where you don't normally stand and seeing things from a different perspective will shake the brain up. Put on some music, right? Do something different. Meditate for five minutes. Access someone. Could be someone real, like your dad or your mom, even if they're not no longer here. What would they say? Well, how would they see the situation? It could be someone who you don't know personally, Oprah or Nelson Mandela. Maybe you do know them personally <laughs> or have. Um, but access something else, a different part of your brain. And ask yourself, what's the possibility here? You know, this is what coaches do when we work with our clients, is we start to pick away at this belief, this black and white thinking that there's nothing that can be done here. And we get them to start thinking, what's really important now? Which is really the second thing that you can do, which is tap into your inner wisdom. 
You know, I, I used the analogy of a gas tank with a client of mine um, just a few days ago. And I said, look, right now you're running on fumes. Let's assume you've got about a quarter of a gas tank left for this month, which is very normal, by the way, for December. Okay. I mean, so many of you run around and you're like, I'm going to get all 5 billion things done. And then you're like, it's five o'clock. Why am I tired? Because it's December. It's the end of the year. This is winter. We tend to, to work against seasons as human beings. We just, we don't take them into consideration, but they have a huge effect on our energy levels. It's darker earlier. It's darker longer. We sleep longer in the winter. This is normal, and what's not normal is you working against not just your nature, but nature in general, right? So most of us are working on lower gas tanks right now. And so my question to her was, if you only have that amount of gas to expend, how do you want to use that? Where do you want to focus that little amount of energy to get you going for the rest of the year to really end this year and feel good about the choices that you made. And when I asked her that question, it was clear immediately what needed her attention. Suddenly, all of the other things fall away. You can also ask yourself, what is needed now? I asked my client, I said, if you could only focus on one thing, maybe even two for the rest of the month at work, and you, I, that's all you are allowed, what would it be? Immediately she knew the answer. And you do too. When you quiet down the saboteur, which tells you that you have to get everything done and there's nothing that you can let go of, and you start tapping into your inner wisdom and really asking yourself these questions, it becomes very clear what needs your time and what could be put off for right now. Maybe not without consequences, But again, that's the myth. The myth is I can do it all. You can't. You cannot do it all. That's what you have to let go of. You can also ask yourself, what do I want? Right? What do I want to focus my time on? And when you find that balance of need and want, and you really start focusing on those things and giving yourself a big, huge fucking break right now, because again, it's winter. It's time for bundling up and snuggling in and and giving ourselves a little bit of a break. This is not the time to be launching new programs, launching new projects, getting in shape, doing all those things. And if you're doing that, great. But for most of us, this is a time of winding down, of hibernating, of getting into our, our bodies and into our families and really just focusing on that. So when you have this, this, this tapping into your inner wisdom and you look at what is needed now, what do I want, things suddenly start to get much more clear and you get much closer to being at choice. And the third thing is once you make those choices, once you actually put choice back in your lap and say, I can choose how to spend my time. And when I do choose to spend my time, the overwhelm goes away because it does. Every time we choose, okay, here's what I'm going to spend my time on. I'm going to say no to this, 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 and this. We feel much more in control and overwhelm suddenly disappears. But that third piece is once you make that choice, you have to enforce boundaries. Now, as you've heard me say, or maybe not in previous podcasts, boundaries are not for other people. Boundaries 
are for you. This is where we get boundaries wrong. We say, well, I have this boundary, you know, that I don't want people to ask me for help and rely on me for these things, but they keep doing it. Mm, That's not a boundary. We can't expect other people to first know, even if they do know, uh, accept or respect our boundaries. The boundary is for us in that we clearly communicate, I am not available to help in this way, at least during this month. And when someone pushes, the boundary now is, here's what I'm going to do when someone pushes. I'm going to say no. I'm going to offer them another resource. I'm going to tell them not yet, but I can do it next month or whatever that may be. The boundary is for you, not for them. How are you going to handle it when somebody pushes? Because this is where we get into trouble, right? Because this is where, well, I could let this go, but it's going to hurt this person's feelings. Or I could let that go, but then my client will be upset. Listen, the reason why the person's feelings are going to be upset or the client is going to be upset is because you didn't have a boundary in the first place. You agreed because you hold the belief that you can do everything to take this on when you really couldn't. So it's not the saying no that's the problem. It's not saying no in the first place. It's getting clear on what it is we want to spend our time on and how we want to live our lives before we get into this problem. That's really going to help. But now that we're in it, we just need to do our best to clean up the mess that we created and say, I, I'm sorry I took on too much. I'm going to have to refer you over here, or I'm going to have to ask you to figure this out for yourself, if it's, for example, your paralegal, or whatever it may be, because you come first. Overwhelm is always about not being a choice. The minute that you start making choices and start saying no and start having boundaries, the overwhelm will go away. And if you want to come and argue with me and say, "There's, I just can't say no, bullshit. Yes, you can. You are always at choice. Always. Doesn't mean your choices won't come with consequences. But even if you choose to have a hectic schedule and you and and you say to yourself, look, I'm not going to get everything done the way that I'd like to get it done, but I'm choosing to do my best and stay with this hectic schedule, even that will take you out of overwhelm. Yes, you will be uh, harried and busy and probably overworked, but at least you won't be overwhelmed. Why? Because you'll be at choice. Choose it. Whatever you're choosing. If you want to say, I can't say no to something, fine, then choose that. I'm choosing not to say no. I'm choosing to be super busy. I'm choosing to not spend time with family right now and not exercise. And that in itself will reduce your overwhelm. Why? Because it's from choice. You always have choice. It's when you think you don't that overwhelm comes in. So choose, my friends, choose wisely and watch your overwhelm disappear. All right, talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.